Hey everyone, the one called Fate knocks at your door. We're back with another episode of Tabletop Recap. I'm your host, Hunt, and we also have the biggest boy of all, Big Boy Chungus. <laughs> yeah, and today we are talking about Fallout, a post-nuclear board game for one to four players. That's right, you can play it alone if you're a loser like me. Or me. I'm ready to die. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we played. We've played this a couple times, um, and it is fun. Uh, last time we played with G and Connor, the trading card goblin, but they left us. They absolutely left us. They Jurassic Park with style. Their lives. Yeah, they left us. <laughs> uh, we're still friends and all. They just moved. Better job opportunities and stuff, you know. Life goes on. But, uh, yeah, we're finally talking about Fallout today. We're going to do the New California um, expansion, or DLC as you like to call it, since that's what it would be. It was a video game first, so... And soon, a TV show, or a streaming show, I guess. I'm actually excited for that. I don't even really like the Fallout games that much because I'm sick of the desert apocalypse cliche. I think you'd like uh, a show based on it more because with the Fallout game, you know, it's real open and empty. But it basically with a show, they could cut all that out because some of the stories, like with the super mutants and the different societies that crop up, it's actually really cool. Yeah, when it comes to RPGs for me, I'm more. I either want high sci-fi or high fantasy. I want a high level of something, and it's. It is technically sci-fi, but it's low level. Uh, well, you say that, but they have plasma and laser technology in a nuclear wasteland. Yeah, but it's still relatively low level compared to like Star Trek or something. There I would are love, spaceships, though. Yeah, I would love to play the Star Trek RPG. we got to do that one day. But, uh, tell us about... Actually, we're supposed to roll for initiative, but we're, <laughs> we forgot. Can I have a D20? Let's roll it. It's been a while since we recorded. Six. I got six. All right. <laughs> Five. Eighteen. Much better for you. But since you know the rules better than me, I am going to defer it to you. Okay. So Fallout, the board game, is a exploration, action-based role-playing game. And it's still an RPG, kind of. Yeah, but it's Not more really. of a it's more of a role playing game where you have stats and abilities and powers rather than more of the D and D Pathfinder role plays. You get to make choices, but they're pre made choices like the game. Yeah, you uh, there are missions and dialogue options and quest sidelines that you can go down and have different outcomes. Um, basically, you get to pick from one of about a dozen different characters that range all the way from the classic. Uh, Brotherhood of Steel and Lone Wanderers to some unique characters like a uh, caravan merchant and even a ghoul and super mutant. Uh, each character comes with their own starting stats and abilities and whatnot. And uh, you set the game up by choosing a setting, which can be anywhere from the classic um, Capital Wasteland or California or New California Republic. New California, baby, baby. <laughs> Can't do any more of that song or we'll have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can choose any of those settings and you follow the main quest line, come across some familiar faces and characters uh, along the way, and basically you try and compete with other enemies and NPCs in said environment to try and win. But what makes this game unique compared to other board games is that. Uh, the amount of people or persons in this game 
that can potentially win is much more than you expect. You know, you could have a solitary winner in the form of a player. Multiple players can win at the same time, depending on who their alliances are with, either the enemy or the protagonists. And we've done both. Yeah. Or uh, no, no player can win, but rather the enemy or protagonist's side can win in the game. So effectively, the bad guys can win in this game. That's why you can play with one player, because you're still playing against something and you're still drawing random cards and stuff uh, to complete missions. But yeah, we've played both. Because half the time we've played, we've actually teamed up. And then half the time we've played, we've been uh, every man for himself. Right. So let's get to how you win the game. Basically, you as your character, your goal is to try and get victory points. And these points uh, are in the form of cards and are awarded based on uh, your progression in the main storyline as well as how far along your character is in experience. Uh Essentially, uh, in each setting, there are two sides, as I said earlier, the protagonists and the antagonists, uh, and they usually take the form of whatever the uh, hero side and villain side were in the story. So if you're playing the Capital Wasteland theme, it's the Brotherhood of Steel versus the Enclave. That's the regular base game, right? It yeah. Is the Brotherhood of Steel and Enclave. Yeah. Uh, you could also play in the uh, Boston Commonwealth with uh, the Institute versus the Railroad. Uh, you, can, you can even play... Uh, the New California's Republic uh, versus uh, Caesar's Legion. Yeah, we're going to do the New California expansion as its own podcast eventually. Right, and uh, you can fight against both of these sides uh, completely. Like, you can just be the lone wanderer and fight against everybody. You can take sides and be part of the enemies or the heroes. Or you can try and be uh, a con man and just play both sides of the coin, try and uh, be the first person to get the most victory points out of everybody. Uh, it that's one of those few RPG elements that it has that really allows your choices to speak for themselves, even though you're not actually role-playing. So tell us about the quests and the choices and stuff. So the quests for the main and side stories are really reflective of that, of whatever theme you choose. Again, this game really tries to encapsulate the feel, look, and uh, turn-based gameplay of the video game. Uh, even the combat is you, you take turns between the enemies and the players rolling dice to see you know who gets hits and uh, on the enemy and does the enemy get a chance to hit you uh, much like the VAT system in Fallout. Um, there's also exploration in the game where you have various uh, familiar locations um, based on again the theme. Uh, and you can explore one of three different areas. You have wasteland locations, you have settlements, and you have vaults. And each one gives you unique uh, side encounters, side quests, main storylines, and just random encounters uh, for whichever one you're doing. Uh, you mainly level up your character like you do in the Fallout game where uh, on your little character um, scorecard, I guess you could call it, you have... A stats for your special abilities. You have um, alignment perks where if you're vilified or idolized, if you're a mutant or a ghoulified, and then there's also your HP, your radiation limit, and then of course your experience. And you gain experience just like you do in the game by fighting enemies, uh, having successful social interactions, and just completing quest lines. Yeah, you go up levels and get special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the way that it works differently here is that you do actually get 
perks, uh, just like you do in the video game. But whereas the video game, the perks are permanent, these are more temporary. And in the game, you get them by drawing special tokens. So the way the special tokens work is that you have seven slots for special, one for each letter. And when you go up a level, you get to take two special tokens. And if you uh, look at them, you can either pick one that you don't have or you can choose one that you already have, and if it's a duplicate, you can then replace the token with a perk card that is a one-time use for a very powerful ability. Sometimes it allows you to change the rolls of dice, uh, it gives you free items, other times it just gives you a bunch of health or reduces your radiation. Um, you also get various items and resources, such as the classic caps, which are the main form of currency, different weapons and tools and gadgets along with junk that can be used to either craft or trade for said items. Uh, as well as uh, companion cards which have familiar faces uh, from various Fallout games that you can both uh, trade and utilize to help you uh, in social situations or combat better. Uh, moving on, let's look at some of the, the combat stuff for the enemies. As I said, combat is turn-based with dice that act very similar to VATS, where instead of face values, you actually have uh, body parts and bullet holes. And basically, you want to get the body parts that match up to your enemies' body parts listed on their tokens. The more you hit your enemies and the less they hit you, the better. Yeah, it's actually, like, it, that kind of sounds hard when you say it, but it's really not. It's more of a visual game. It's kind of hard to explain in an audio format. Uh, the rulebook itself is fairly thick, but and that's, once... And that's, it's also like a foot tall, almost. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's got a lot on each page, but it's a, it's a good book. It explains stuff pretty well. Even though the first time we played it, we completely screwed up because we mixed in New California with the regular one. Yeah. Because that's often what you do with expansion packs in tabletop games. You just add it. But not the case with Fallout. You have to keep them separate. They're different stories. That would, is probably my biggest complaint about this game is that it's they, they tried making it too much like the video game for a board game. There's so much random luck with dice uh, and there is just too much uh, chance, especially when you go into the, the mission cards, because basically the problem we had with our second playthrough, which we played correctly, we just got bogged down because of card chance rather than random number chance. Yeah, the big thing was we were all doing side quests and not focusing on the main quest, and if you do not focus on the main quest, this game will take hours and hours. Every time we've played it, Every single time we've played it, it's taken at least six hours. I feel like this was a game that, uh, they didn't advertise it, but I feel like this is a game that was meant to take days. Uh, like, you know how, like, you... I, I don't... I kind of disagree with that, but let me explain it to me. Well, you know how, like, uh, some chess players, you know, if they're really into someone and they're just being really superficial, like, a chess game can take days, if not weeks sometimes, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Unless they're playing it timed, of course. Yeah, but... Uh, this game just we were looking in order to advance one particular quest we had to get a certain encounter card from the main deck which was shuffled in with all the others the only problem was was that even though it was shuffled and randomized we still had to wait and keep doing the encounter option over and over and over again until we found it and then when we did find it we almost didn't recognize what it was because it didn't seem to flow well with the quest and also since we were all doing side quests, we ran out of side quest cards really quickly. Mm -hmm. And we were just repeating side quests. 
And it wasn't until uh, one of us, I don't remember who it was, just started doing main quests that we continued. And, uh, yeah, eventually I won because <laughs> I'm a cool guy. <laughs> It's because I had a perk that made me get more points than everybody else. That's the only yeah. reason. Otherwise, I would have been right with them. I had like three points when they had none, and then uh, it just continued on until I think it was eight you have to get. Yeah, well, it depends on the number of players playing. The fewer players you have, uh, the more you have to get, but the more players, the less, because obviously there has to be a balance there. Yeah, with four, I think it was eight. Yeah. But uh, that's not... I mean, we have complaints about it. Like, I think it should have just been... A TTRPG like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or something. Yeah. Honestly, I think because I don't like on the video game when it gives you like the four things to pick. That's cool. On the tabletop game when it gives you the four options to pick, it's like dumb. <laughs> yeah, and you know it, it's understandable in a video game because there's only so much that you can put in it. But when you do it with a board game and the players have more control over the turn economy and just everything it's even worse and choppier than the video game like if if it was just me and i was here by myself i would rather play the fallout video game than play this because it's just it takes too long to set up it's very convoluted and there's also very little um context if you're having trouble understanding the rules when i was first learning how to play this i actually had to go online to a reddit and yeah, we looked, had trouble our first time. Yeah, we, I had to look for help on a Reddit page. I said, hey, what does this mean? The rulebook isn't really specific. Which, you understand something like that for D&D or Pathfinder because those are actual RPGs. Like, oh, yeah, with like $70 rules, rule books. <laughs> the, the, the whole point of that game is to play it fast and loose. However, this is a concrete board game that comes with board tiles, little character pieces, and tokens. I'd appreciate it if it was a little bit more concrete uh, aspects to it, I guess. Yeah, they, they they just tried to make it way too much like the video game, and I think if they would have simplified it a little bit and kind of just, I I just think it should have been a TTRPG. Mm -hmm. To be completely honest, I think people would absolutely buy a Fallout TTRPG. And you know, and if you've ever seen it, this game this game comes with little miniature figures. I love the miniature figures for this. They're very well designed. They almost look like unpainted D and D miniatures uh, in terms of quality but maybe we should paint them up one day maybe I, I don't know how they work though because like the D&D miniatures they're meant to have like the uh, the liner put on first yeah we'd have to prime them that's, I don't, that's the just primer, normal yeah. that's just normal paint knowledge I, I don't know what the the chemical makeup is, is of these little miniatures whether or not they're supposed to be painted but my, my point about it is we can always just wash them beforehand you could definitely use these like I would love to role play a Brotherhood of Steel member or a Lone Wanderer in this kind of game if it had more role playing elements but but you do get to play as like races and stuff that you don't get to play as in the video game that's true I don't uh, even I play as a super mutant every time we play this game. I, I could be wrong because I haven't played them. I've only played Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4. Uh, I've only played 3 in New Vegas. But uh, I don't even think you get to play as a ghoul or a super mutant in even the classic Fallout games 1 and 2. Yeah, I haven't played much of Fallout to be honest. I'm j Once again, I'm just not the big fan of the wasteland post-apocalypse cliche. Uh, I think it's overdone. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I know it sounds like we're ragging on it, but we actually did really enjoy the game. It's just not a game 
that you can play all the time. No, it's not. In fact, after we played our last session, I'm still kind of worn out from it, and this podcast is going up like weeks after we did it. Yeah, because, I mean, which is also good because it gave us a nice bit of reflection time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we're doing a better job on this podcast than we usually do, to be completely honest. But, I mean, is it a fun game? Yes. But if you're not already a Fallout fan, you might find yourself being like, why am I spending six hours on this game? Even, like... If you want it to go by quickly, you gotta you gotta just stick to the main quest and do like nothing else. But and even then, it's gonna take you like three hours. Even then, it's gonna take a while. This is definitely a game that was meant to be played for like an entire evening. If you have a game night, it is going to be your game night. You can't play like around a Monopoly, then around a Catan, and then around a Fallout. You're gonna play Fallout, and that's it. Break out the bowl of popcorn and snacks. Grab a beverage because you're gonna be here a while. Yeah. And we weren't allowed to have snacks in the game room because Big Boy Chungus thinks we're going to mess everything up. So I think some people are going to mess things up. <laughs> I'm a good boy. <laughs> but yeah, so what are your final thoughts, your final just sealed in thoughts? Um, As a nostalgic Fallout fan, uh, I like the game. It's fun for what it is, and it's definitely enjoyable and good to look at. Uh, but there are several critiques and corrections I would want to make to the developers uh, just to improve it and make it more streamlined. For me personally, I have a fun time playing it. I do. I don't mind games that take a really long time because we play Dungeons and Dragons for hours on end, you know? Yeah. So I can handle games that go a long time. That's not the problem. Uh, but it is very complicated. We figured it out relatively quickly, though. After Like, the first time we played it, we played like garbage. We totally messed it up. And then the second time we played it, we were on it. We knew what we were doing. Uh, and G and Connor figured it out the first time they played pretty easily. Yeah. Actually. Uh, but <laughs> that's just because they're smarter than us, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just think it, honestly... They tried to make it too much like the video game. That, if I could com had one big complaint, I could only choose one. They tried to make it too much like the video game. Mm -hmm. um, I did. <sighs> yeah, it's. They should have just made it a TTRPG. Well, we still would have played it if it was a TTRPG. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you probably would have ended up playing it before D and D. Possibly. And that would have gotten you obsessed in TTRPGs instead of Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I just want to play more and more of them. I want to play that Deadlands one with like the Western and the magic. Uh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I'd even I'd even play Pathfinder at this point. <laughs> I actually do like some Pathfinder stuff. Lots of D&D lots of people diss on Pathfinder, but it's cool. So, um... I guess that kind of cuts it short for this episode. Uh, well, while we're here, let's decide what we're going to do next time. I mean, the next episode uh, is either going to be something we play today, probably something we've played before. Because, like, all these games we've played before... We just haven't talked about them yet. We just haven't talked about them. I don't think there's a single... King of New York... I haven't uh... played Cranium. That's, I mean, it, it's a family game, so we it's might, fine. We'll that start. might just be a little one-off one, or yeah. a, a little short one. I mean, but I've played everything else here. I haven't necessarily played all these with you. Like, I've played Exploding Kittens, but with someone else. I've yeah. played Smash Up with you, I've played Catan with you, I've played Monopoly, I've played Risk. Uh, 
I've played Munchkin. We already did Munchkin. We need to do King of New York. We, uh, we're also going to do Betrayal at House on the Hill at some point, but I'd rather do that for yeah. like a Halloween special. We're just waiting till October. It probably won't come out like on Halloween week, but it'll come out sometime in October. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about doing that one for uh, next month. Yeah, for sure. And that one isn't too terribly long. You know, maybe we could do that one and a D&D session in the same day, but I don't want to force that. I've only played it once a really long time ago. I remember nothing about it. But, yeah, so... Let's see. We got to do Fallout New California. Uh, we got to do Settlers of Catan, but Karen and Kami want to be in on that. Exploding Kittens, Monopoly Fallout, more Fallout action. We will do this. I know it's. Is it just Monopoly with a Fallout? It's thing? literally just Monopoly with a Fallout skin. Yes, but we'll still review it as Fallout Monopoly. Yeah, like instead <laughs> of instead of dollars, they have caps, and all the properties are named after different settlements in. Uh, all three, you know, all four main title Fallout games. Yeah, we got to do Risk, Starcraft, Pokemon the Trading Card Game as a general review, Magic as a general review, Dragon Ball Super TCG as a general review, uh, Cranium, as I said, King of New York, Betrayal and House on the Hill. What are those two games on top of King of New York? Uh, one of those is the Game of Things, which is kind of like uh, Apples to Apples, except you write in your own answers. And rather than um, trying to guess, you know, which card is funnier, you have to guess who said what. Oh, okay. That'd be easy for me. <laughs> You'll uh, know all my jokes. We may actually want to wait on that one because it has a uh, uh, another game version called the Game of Dirty Things where it's like that. But see, this is like apples to apples, and the game that I want to play is closer to Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. I don't want even want to do an episode on Cards Against Humanity. I'm over that game. Plus, <laughs> the creator turned out to be like a real tool. <laughs> and what's the other game? Uh... You can get down there and pull it out if you need Which to. Which one? The Whatever one it isn't the one you just explained oh, to me. Oh, this is Super Munchkin. Oh, we already did Super Munchkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought that was in the Munchkin box. Yeah, the Munchkin box is right here somewhere. I also want to yeah. do... Yeah, I also want to... I also have some other games. I have I have Star Trek Seen It. We, I'll be... I will destroy all of you at that game because I I am the big Star Trek. Yeah, just like how you beat us all at the Power Rangers Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> yeah, all my games are for specific franchises that my friends don't really get into, so I just destroy at them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you just of course you win. You know all the rules, and we don't. <laughs> well, I used to have a big group of Star Trek friends that I would play Star Trek, seen it with, but they've all kind of moved on with their lives. I'm only really still in contact with one of them. Uh, and then the Power Rangers one, I had like, I've only ever really had like one close friend, physical friend, who was really into Power Rangers, so he was really the only one I could play it with. And then, uh, yeah, all my games are like really specific, but I'll get to them at some point. You know, Kami and Karen might have watched Star Trek, they're just not as big enough into it for seeing it, probably. But we gotta do all those... Uh, if you want to vote on what to do next out of all those games, you can actually go to at B3 Productions on Twitter and tell us what you want us to review next. Because I think we also, once you're done with um, Descent into Avernus, Avernus, yeah, I want to do a whole episode just about the module in general. Oh yeah, that'll be good. And I want to do that for all these modules you have. Tales from the Yawning Portal, when you get all those done. I think you already started that. Is that what the... Uh, well, Tales of the Yawning Portal is not a module like Descend into Avernus or Waterdeep. It is a book full of classic uh, 
D&D encounters from previous editions, like uh, 3rd and 2nd edition, and then updated for 5th edition. Yeah, exactly. But you've already started it, right? Because you did the Sunless Citadel. Yeah, I did the Sunless Citadel as one practice for me as a DM, but also to introduce G and Connor and... Uh, D Legend to it because they're all new players. Yeah, they did, D Legend didn't play Sunless Citadel. He just got thrown into Avernus. No, but right he, he played it like a champ. Like <laughs> yeah, I gotta he say, he was really creative in some of his decisions for that first session. Speaking of which, session two of Descent into Avernus will be coming soon. Yeah, we're literally gonna play that tomorrow and record the episode right after. Uh, I don't know if D Legend will be in it or not, but uh, Connor, the trading card goblin, and G will not be. Uh, they're, we're just going to play over, like, Google Hangouts or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're, we are all still very close. We are all still big fans. We want to play together. But because of our jobs, we're having to take a more online approach to our sessions. That's just the adult life, man. I also, yeah, I also want to talk about all these other ones you have, like... Uh, Curse of Strahd, Tomb of Annihilation, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and its sequel, uh, Dungeon, Dungeon of, of the, the Mad, Mad Mage. Mage. And at some point, once I get through all of those, I'd like to run... Um, uh, Storm King's Thunder, just because all of these modules take place in different regions of the 5th edition Sword Coast, and then uh, Storm King's Thunder takes place like over the course of the entire continent. Yeah, I want to, like, you have a ton of D&D books. Uh, you're kind of, like, when, with our friend group, we always have one person that buys everything for one game, basically, and then they just share it with everybody else. I'm the law master. So we're not all buying stuff for the game. Uh, that's kind of just an unspoken rule that just happened. Like, I yeah. bought all the Heroclix stuff, and you bought all the D&D stuff. And yeah, I th even though you have some D&D miniatures, I think I've gone more whole hog on it than, than you. And I'm not trying well, to, like, compete with you or anything. I'm just saying I like this stuff. Well, I've been collecting miniatures since high school. Right. So I'd be collecting them even if I wasn't playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that. But you got all these other books over here. I want to do a review of 5e, like, in general, but I really want uh, Kami and Karen in on that uh, for sure because they've been playing 5e longer than us. I'm, I've am i mostly played 3.5, so I could do an episode on 3.5. Uh, I need to do that with Kami and Karen, too, because 3.5 was very different. And then 3.5 actually had this kind of open contract where... Um, you could actually take the rules from 3.5 legally and just apply them to your own game and just make your own setting. I feel like that's what 5th edition is. Like they didn't really 5th do edition that. isn't exactly like that. But it's not exactly, but from what I've heard with watching some other YouTubers, because one thing that I really love about other D&D YouTubers nowadays is that they're actually not focusing so much on their personal campaigns. They're actually looking at the history of D&D as far as like the class evolution and the rules. And I see a lot of similarities between... 3.3 and 3.5 edition in 5th edition, and then hardly anyone has anything good to say about 4th. It's It just dragged on. Like, I, I could not see the rules of 4th edition, uh, from what little I know about it, converting over to 5th edition. Yeah, I played 3.5 all throughout high school, and then just some scattered sessions throughout college. Not that I'm not still in college. But then, uh, then when we got back into it big time, it was... 5th edition, because mm -hmm. that's what... Because uh, Karen and Kami are actually the ones that got me back into it, and you into it. And that's what they were playing, 5th. But I would have been happy to just keep on playing 3.5. That's what... But that's how Path... That, what I was trying to say is that's how Pathfinder got its rules. It literally just took the 3.5 rules and just made their own world around it. But isn't that the beautiful thing about D&D? Is that the rules are not actually rules. They're more like guidelines, and, and you can just do whatever you want. 
Uh, like in our last session with Karen and Kami's campaign, or Karen's campaign, I should say, she was just winging it. I mean, she used the monster manual that I had brought for some baseline stuff, but I think she came up with everything else on the fly. She is the improv queen when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, queen! She has like a theater history, so she's really good at it. Like just making up characters, she can just make up a great NPC or a terrible one like Dade, who you'll, <laughs> you'll all learn about Dade when we record that episode. Because we had a session with them, but we were all too tired to... I think there's a lot less today than I'm wanting to give him credit for, but I really want Dade to be like my rival. I'm going to start arching him. Start like Avenger Brothers. <laughs> start arching Dade. Oh my goodness. You are a lawful evil, right, in that yes, campaign? Yes, I'm very much lawful evil. And I'm, I'm improving with my role-playing. Uh, you guys will hear all about that in our next podcast with... Uh, Kami and Karen. Yeah, you were definitely the MVP of the last session, but that's just like a little teaser for an upcoming episode, because we didn't do that much in that session, and we were all tired after, so we didn't record an episode. We're just going to lump the next two sessions. The next session, we're going to lump both those sessions into one episode. And I also really want to play more Call of Cthulhu. Um, I have written, because the last one that we did an episode on was a homebrew that I did, and then I have two more, no, three more homebrews that I've written, one based on a short story I wrote a while back, and then the other two actually go together, so you'll have to carry the same investigators over, so you need to stay alive. <laughs> so you'll need to stay alive through that. But then uh, we can do videos about Call of Cthulhu, because I, mean, I also have a ton of pre-written Call of Cthulhu adventures, because Chaosium is basically giving them away. So we need to play all those, but I don't want to run them. I don't want to be the keeper for those. I want to actually play them, because I've heard such good things. And Karen's... <laughs> Karen's a better GM than me anyways. So I'm going to see if she'll run them for me. She doesn't like she doesn't like pre-writtens for um, D&D. Yeah, but that's because one of the reasons for that is cuz she and Kami just don't like the lore. Um, but I feel like for you know, Call of Cthulhu, they'd be totally willing. Uh, so I want to get on that too. I want to try to balance our Dungeons and Dragons with our Call of Cthulhu because I spent a lot of money on that game. That was another game that I paid for entirely. Yeah, you're pretty much our go-to guy for the Call of Cthulhu stuff, um, and I I love your I loved your last one-off. Like, I've only known you to DM one-offs, whether it's D and D or Call of Cthulhu, but yeah. you do a very good job of the short, sweet, one-episode game. Well, that's because most of the things I write are short stories, so I'm just better with that format. And also, I'm not the biggest fan of GMing, like, at all. I'd much rather play. So I'm just like, get it over with one session. Let's do it. <laughs> but I did like being the keeper, because I got to be the monster guy. Because uh, I am, in real life, the monster guy. Uh, but that's probably it for today. One day we'll review all these stacks of Dungeons and Dragons books and all these board games. We just wanted to talk to you guys about what we have coming up for a bit since this episode ran kind of short, but now we're just on time. We're 31 minutes in, so that's good. But uh, So that's it. Thank you all very much for your support. Uh, please remember to follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're listening to this on YouTube, the episodes go up like a week later, sometimes even longer after they go up on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and stuff. So if you want to hear the episodes right when they come out on Saturday mornings, then you need to follow us in an audio place like Spotify or something. Um, but if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, we upload them way later on YouTube. Also, if you want to contact us and vote on... Hey! 
you turn that phone on. <laughs> but if you if you wanna uh, follow our social media, we do have a Facebook linked down below. We have a Twitter linked down below. Uh, the Twitter's more my personal Twitter that I use for all my projects, not just the podcast. But, um, yeah, if you want to tell us what game we should play next, or even recommend games that we don't have, because we're always willing to buy new games if they're fun. I got a few. I want to get that Doom game, for example. Oh, uh, rip and tear, rip and tear. I'd love to get one of the Dungeons & Dragons board games based on a module, since I don't play the modules with you. Maybe we could do, uh, if we ever f- managed to figure out how to get a copy, we could do that, uh, what was that miniatures game that's based on D&D that you were telling me about the other day? Oh, like, back in 3.5, there was just a miniatures versus game for Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, that one. It was basically the exact same as Star Wars Miniatures, my favorite tabletop game of all time. Uh, and you basically just built armies based on a point system and then had them fight each other. Yeah, I only have one miniature from back in those days now. Jim, my little NPC, you know, Jim, that we talked about on previous Dungeons & Dragons episodes. But uh, yeah, that's it for today. Check out all our social media and merch and etc. in the description below. And uh, we will see you all next time when we're either going to talk about one of these games or more than likely uh, Dungeons & Dragons Descent into Avernus. That's it. Thank you all once again. See you all next time.